Hey, everybody, and welcome to another special episode of the On Her Turf podcast. We're so excited to talk about some major events in women's golf this week. It starts with the inaugural Augusta National Women's Amateur, which marks the very first time that women will be playing a competitive round on the famed Augusta National Golf Course. Also happening this week are the Drive, Chip, and Putt National Finals and the first LPGA major of the season, the ANA Inspiration. So with us to share their insights and perspective on what this all means for not just women's golf, but women's sports, we have a few special guests for you. Golf Channel analyst Paige McKenzie, Golf Channel lead LPGA tour analyst and Hall of Famer Judy Rankin, and former LPGA great and also Hall of Famer Nancy Lopez. So we begin with Paige McKenzie. Paige, thanks so much for joining us here today. I know you have a very busy week ahead of you, but also a really exciting week ahead of you. So just talk to me about how you feel going into this weekend's event at Augusta. Um, I'm excited. I mean, anytime it's a first of anything, it's exciting to be a part of, whether it's a participant or just calling the action, which is what I'm doing for the Augusta National Women's Amateur. So um, it's, it's always a big week. Uh, I've been part of the drive, chip, and putt, which is also the Sunday before Masters Week, um, which is a little kid's uh, event that the Masters has put on and been wonderful. So I, I just love being up there. I love being a part of it. I love the fact that they've kind of taken a leadership role in promoting the game to kids as well as now uh, young women. What is it like for you from a pressure standpoint? You know, you talk about this being the first and there's so much attention, there's so many eyeballs. And do you feel that mm-hmm. pressure going into this broadcast this weekend? I do. I do. Um, because I, f- I feel like, you know, I've been a part of women's golf for my entire life. I, my first golf tournament was when I was seven years old um, playing. And I know how much these women have worked to get to this point. I know how big a stage this is for them. It's the most iconic golf course in the world. It's the brightest light that women's golf has probably ever been under. And so I understand how important it is for them to succeed. And for me, I want to make sure I'm bringing it to life in the right way. I want to respect the players that are there, but I want to be authentic to my audience as well. So um, I know kind of what's at stake and what it means because it may be the first time that some of the audience has ever seen young women play golf. And, and for that reason, I want to do it right. So I, I certainly uh, <laughs> can kind of feel that pressure going into it. But I'm excited for the opportunity because, you know, I'm as passionate as anybody about the game um, and about women's golf. And so I'm excited for the opportunity to have this call. Well, there is no one better that can be out there doing this and serving as a co-analyst this weekend uh, than you, Paige. I mean, watching you over the years play and also listening to you on the broadcasts. I mean, your, your perspective on this game is so tremendous. And here we are at the inaugural Augusta National Women's Amateur, a huge weekend. What does this mean, not just for women's golf, Paige, but for women's sports? I, I think the, the biggest way that I can kind of describe of the what I expect the impact might be is looking at the drive, chip, and putt and what it's done for the perception of junior golfers. When I grew up as a junior golfer, it was abnormal. I was the, <laughs> the exception mm-hmm. to the rule. So there just weren't that many juniors playing, and it wasn't necessarily a welcome place for juniors. Certainly there was their points, and there was courses that did. 
but what Augusta did is it set the tone. It said, you know what, we might be the, the biggest and, and most iconic golf course, most well-known golf course in the world, but you know what, kids have a place here. They belong here. And since then, what we've seen is other major golf courses around the country open their doors to young kids. It's become the norm. It's become acceptable. And something that's been promoted across the industry is to welcome young young kids into the game in a way that I've never seen before. Mm-hmm. And I've, I feel like as a young woman playing this game, we didn't always get the best venues. You know, they were fighting for for the best golf courses to play collegiate events or to play U.S. Opens. Um, and now I feel like this could change the tone at which golf courses kind of welcome young women and competitive women to the game. Um, I look back on 2007. St. Andrews became the f- – it was the first time that St. Andrews hosted a Women's British Open. It's hard to believe at the home of golf it took until 2007 to host it. And you look at Pebble Beach, which is another iconic golf course in the United States. They have yet to host a women's U.S. Open. It's on the schedule for 2023. And you think about how many, how, it, how much of an impact it can make when you have these great venues hosting big events because the audience knows the golf course. They understand its importance and the historical value in the game. And that's why I think it's significant that Augusta National has taken this step. I remember, Paige, when I was a, a local reporter in Providence, Rhode Island, and the U.S. Women's Open was at Newport Country Club, which is yeah. so exclusive. Was that 2006? I want to say 2006. It, it was, was so exclusive. I played in it. <laughs> you did? That's, oh my gosh. Well, going back to that time, I mean, it was an incredible <laughs> venue to have it at, and this is a highly exclusive country club. I just remember covering it and seeing the outpouring of support from that region in Rhode Island and New England, you know, everybody from Boston coming down to cover it, and thinking like, oh my gosh, I mean, I was, we're, I think we're about the same age. I was in my young, early 20s at the time thinking, yeah. this is incredible that all these people are coming out. What was that event like to play in? You talk about the iconic venues, and Newport Country Club certainly one of them. Uh, what was it like for you to play in that tournament at that time well we had a lot of weather issues with fog yes <laughs> remember I could hardly that's probably why I didn't remember that you played in it because I couldn't see you right <laughs> exactly um yeah and we played actually Cherry Hills the, the year before I mean which is another you know extraordinary golf course with historic value with Arnold Palmer winning uh, the U.S. Open there and, and then to go to Newport uh which also has such history in the Northeast um, it's great. I mean, it's such a part of the, the tapestry of the game, and that's where I feel like in certain parts, women have felt somewhat excluded. And I was thinking about it today, and, and women are, you know, the young women that will be playing this weekend are creating history, but they're going to be actually a part of history at this golf course. You'll actually have shots to reference back to. Uh, we're going to have shots to reference to from the men's game as we watch the women play. And I think that kind of symmetry just creates so much historical value for the game. Paige, how do you prepare for an event like this? Going into it, knowing all the players in the field, you know, what are some of the challenges that you face in the week leading up to an event like this? You know, the biggest difference for this event than any other event is just knowing the players. Um, We've seen a handful of them at NCAA championships in the last couple of years, so we do know a little bit about some of the top players. But there's a lot of players that I've never seen play before, and I don't know their backstory. So I've spent a lot of time over the last 
couple of months, actually, um, since the invites made, were made public, going through and trying to learn as much as I can about who these women are so we can bring kind of the stories to life. And, you know, that's what I think the audience connects to, in addition to the golf, in addition to the, you know, the X's and O's of watching sports. You know, when you think about some of the stories that go along with it, I think that's where the audience really finds their connection. So that's one. Of, that's part of one of the things that we're going to do during the broadcast is be able to kind of showcase who some of these women are. Um, and then more than that, getting to know the golf course a little bit, too. I've watched it throughout my entire life, but I've never dreamed of playing it. I've never thought about what would I do in that situation. Right. And it's so funny to have all of a sudden a flip of a mindset and say, Okay, if I were on 13 and I have, you know, 2.30 into the green, am I going to go for it uh, or am I going to lay up? And, and what would the player in that situation think about? And like I said, I, I've, I've watched it. I've witnessed it for so many years on, and on the Masters, but I've never thought yeah. about it as a player. Are, are you going to have an opportunity to play the course before this weekend's coverage? Unfortunately, I will not. Um, and even after I found out I was doing the broadcast, I'm currently 33 weeks pregnant. So oh, congratulations! For me to get up there. Thank you. Um, it's a play I golf course um, this early spring, anyhow. A boy or girl? Do you know? I do. It's another boy. I have a, a toddler oh, at home as well. Yes, you do. Well, congratulations. That's exciting, Paige. Um, so, you, yes, you have your hands full. You know, you mentioned when this was announced, a couple, you know, that you knew the invite to broadcast the Augusta National Women's Amateur, the first ever. Um, you got the invite. Take me back to that moment, the phone call you received, the invitation to be a part of this telecast this weekend. Uh, it was it was actually in person. It was it was my boss uh, Molly Solomon, the executive producer of Golf Channel, and uh, and Jack Graham was there as well, who uh, oversees kind of the term, tournament broadcast division within Golf Channel. And um, they kind of broke the news to me that I was um, going to be a part of it, and that they want they wanted me. Golf Channel wanted me to be a part of it, um, and it was just exciting. I I feel privileged that they would kind of entrust me with the call. Um, and, and I think that's it more than anything is that, that I know how important it is to NBC. I know how important it is to our, our network at Golf Channel to do it right. And, and I, I feel privileged that they've put me in this position where well, hopefully I'll do a good job for them and, and a good job by the women that are playing. You absolutely will. And you're working with some of the best broadcasters as well, your colleagues, your teammates this coming weekend. Uh, one of my dear friends, Mike Tarico. I mean, he's one of the best, if not the best in the business. So you certainly will be in good hands there. Before we let you go, Paige, I've got to get your, you know, your handicap of this field. Do you have an idea of who we should be keeping an eye on this weekend? There's, there's definitely some early favorites. Um, Jennifer Cupcho, who's the number one ranked amateur in the world right now, she's a reigning NCAA champion, and her kind of backstory of how she got to that um, win was pretty incredible. She. She triple bogeyed the 71st hole of the 2017 NCAA championship, kind of threw it away, and then came back the following year and won. Uh, it was pretty incredible to watch that kind of comeback. Well, she is still in good form and actually just won her most recent collegiate event uh, at 12 under par, uh, tied with one of her teammates, and now holds or is tied with uh, another player for the, the most – uh, career rounds in the 60s. 
So just solid from top to bottom, has been playing well, and currently is in good form. So keeping an eye on her, Andrea Lee also just coming off a win. Uh, She plays at the University of Stanford Stanford University. Uh, Jennifer's at Wake Forest. Uh, So I think those are two of the favorites as well as Maria Fossey, who is an absolute man. If if there was a a, a word to describe stud on the golf course is Maria Fossey. Uh, If I were her age and going up against her right now, I'd be intimidated. Um, just the way she kind of goes about her business. So those are three oh, of my favorites kind of going into this week. I love it. Perfect. Well, Paige, we appreciate your time on a hugely busy week for you, but also very, very exciting week. Uh, we, I know I will be glued to the TV all weekend long watching you guys. So enjoy it. Have fun out there. And uh, thanks again for your time today. We appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Our thanks to Paige. Up next is a wonderful conversation with a member of the LPGA and World Golf Hall of Fame, Judy Rankin, who won 26 events on the LPGA Tour. And she became the first woman to work full-time on broadcasts of men's events and has served as a golf commentator for ABC and ESPN. Judy Rankin. Judy, thanks so much for taking the time to join us. I know it's a busy week for you uh, getting ready for the ANA Inspiration and uh, getting ready to travel there to Rancho Mirage and later on in the week. But we've got another big event going on as well at Augusta National, the inaugural Women's Amateur. Judy, can you put into perspective just what this all means this weekend with both events going on at the same time? Well, I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to be um, great for women's golf overall. I kind of wish they were kind of butted up against each other instead of at the same time. But, um, you know, uh, that's, that's how things work because it's, it's two of the great events, um, uh, an inaugural event and, of course, um, A&A that's been going on since 1972. So for having, um, you know, t- two really um, extraordinary premier events in women's golf at the same time, it's a great week. I think people who haven't been exposed to women's golf, and I'm surely there aren't that many anymore, um, will be. Uh, and they'll see the best of the best. They will indeed, and we're going to see some young stars as well that uh, are going to try and make a name for themselves at the uh, inaugural Augusta National Women's Amateur. Could you have ever imagined this, Judy, when you see this tournament that it's about to take place at one of the most iconic courses in the world at Augusta? No, I probably would have never imagined this. I I really wouldn't have, and um, I, I... I can't fathom how um, how keyed up and how and or nervous um, those players would be. I think if it were, I think if it were the professional women who have um, experienced an awful lot of things, they would be very nervous. So um, uh, these girls and young women have uh, quite the challenge ahead of them. And uh, I guess I, I suppose that golf course exposes a lot of things. So. Um, we'll see just how good some players are. And, you know, my bet is um, there's going to be some players surprise people. <laughs> I love that. When when you look back, I mean, Judy, you were the first regular female on-course reporter for the PGA Tour. You have seen the way that the men approach Augusta. So with regards to what you were just saying, how different will the approach be for the women and also these young stars that have never, I mean, you talk about the nerves that alone is going to change the way they probably are playing the game a little bit next weekend. Um, Absolutely. Um, It's, this is a very difficult game to play um, when your nerves are on edge um, because it's a slow game. This isn't one where you can shake it off 
mm-hmm. you know, um, in the early going of a basketball game or in a football game, you can hit somebody. Um, so it's, uh, uh, given the kind of game golf is, when your nerves are on edge and when there are a lot of expectations, not only from other people, but expectations that you have, um, is when it is sometimes really hard to perform as well as you're capable of. But there are people who do it all the time um, in amateur golf and professional golf, and uh, we just hope that these players can uh, muster that up um, for that um, those three days and that day at Augusta National. Judy, you certainly know what those nerves are like. You turned pro when you were 14, 15 years old, right? I mean, you no, certainly felt 17. the... 17, but you've, you've played for a long time before that as well, before you turned pro. So what I was did. it like for you? How did you handle those nerves at a young age? And in particular in tournament play, like we're going to see this coming weekend. Um, can I say not all that well? <laughs> <laughs> of course you can. Um, I, I've always thought that I, I was in a profession that didn't completely suit me, but that's all right. Um, <laughs> I learned um, I learned how to put myself in my own little my own little bubble. And, and as you know, even as a very good player, I was often criticized because I didn't smile enough and this and that. But um, concentration became my my way to um, battle the situation or battle nerves. And um, I, I think I think that's one reason that I have enjoyed my years in television so much, because I didn't have to be that sort of steely person. And I, I think in television, I might actually be a little bit more of myself um, than I was as a player because because the setting was always hard for me. And, and I think there's players like that. Um, I've talked to two players in, in my experience who told me that they never really experienced the kind of nerves people talk about. And one was Nancy Lopez and the other was Jack Nicklaus. And I found found that pretty interesting since they um, were such, you know, great achievers. Well, we're going to have Nancy actually coming up next here on this episode of the On Her Turf podcast. So we will have to ask her about that when we have her on. Um, that's a rare trait to have, though, uh, when you think about all the greats in the games. We've talked to Annika before here on this podcast, and she has certainly acknowledged the pressure and the nerves. But I, I want to talk a little bit more about the TV angle. Would you say that you have more fun and the pressure is a lot less for you when you're on television compared to the days that you played the game? Yes, yes. I, th- I think I've, I've certainly felt pressure in the early years when I was learning what this was about, learning what mm-hmm. to do, and um, trying to, you know, glean some things from other people that I worked with that were good. Um, so I, I was nervous, you know, in a way. But um, I worked. I worked with people, and way back at ABC Sports, I'm grateful for. Um, the early times when they allowed me to be timid, they didn't. Um, they didn't um, ask me to force it too much, and um, I was probably timid enough in the early going that somebody could have said, "This isn't going to work." Mm-hmm. Um, but um, they stuck with me and were patient with me, and uh, it. Uh, you know, it's, it's meant the world. Now I'm in 34 or 35 years of television, so. Um, yeah, and it's a different kind of nerves. You know, I think a player like Nancy Lopez, I think she would tell you she would get completely keyed up and all those things. But usually when people talk about nerves, they talk about, gosh, I was trying to put my hand on the putter and my hand was shaking. 
you know, or, or, or my knees were kind of right. wobbling. Um, but that's the kind of nerves that, well, that's the kind of nerves if I were teeing off um, at Augusta, I would have. Well, yeah, I mean, what, how do you calm that, though? I mean, th- I would imagine that every single one of these golfers this weekend, there's a huge spotlight on this event, and it's the inaugural event. It's a first, so everybody wants to make their mark. Everyone wants to, you know, stay calm, do well in this tournament. What do you say to the golfers that are going to get up on that first tee box hearing their name announced at Augusta National at a first-ever f- women's competition on the course, uh, and their hands are shaking, holding the driver? <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> You know, in television, I had a producer who just before I had to go on camera, his last words to me were, breathe and smile. <laughs> <laughs> I so, love it. So maybe that's, maybe that's not too bad. I don't know if you have to necessarily smile on the first tee, but breathing yeah. helps, that's for sure. And the yeah. other thing that helps in golf is getting that first shot, that first hole um, played. Um, mm-hmm. That settles a lot of nerves. And if you don't play that first hole really well, I think it settles nerves. Sometimes if you, you know, if you go out and you, you know, light it up and birdie the first hole, you, sometimes you get even a little more keyed up. But sometimes mm. just playing that first hole or getting the first shot out of the way um, makes a huge difference. So yeah. um, I think, you know, I, I think we make a, a lot of the nerve situation, but today's players and even these young players, um, who are, you know, juniors, college players, um, those kinds of things, they've learned how to handle these things um, certainly better than, you know, we ever did years and years and years ago. We didn't, um, uh, uh, we didn't have all the tools that um, it seems as though athletes have now to try to figure a lot of things out. So, um, you know, we marvel all the time watching the LPGA Tour at the composure of the young players and that they're in a setting they've never been before and you really can't tell. So, um, you know, let's give them some credit and, um, you know, see how it plays out. Mike Tirico and Terry Gannon have named you the first lady of golf. Uh, we talked about, you know, your career and where you've come from and now being, you know, 34 plus years in the booth. How have you seen the women's game evolve since the days that you played? Oh, boy. That is such a long story. First of all, I love those two men. I have, <laughs> we um, do, too. I, I have um, um, worked with both of them for a long, long time and think the world of them and you know, they're the, they're the kind of people in, in my job that make you look better. And um, it makes it even more special when you're really friends on the side. So um, thanks for that. Um, you know, everything has changed. I mean, every single thing has changed. Um, the, the women on the LPGA Tour, the girls, the young women, you know, they, they play some of the great places in the world. That was not very often the case um, in my, certainly in my early playing days, for sure. A little bit more near the end of my playing days. But, but still, um, you weren't playing places like St. Andrews. Um, you, you, weren't, you weren't playing some of the most special, um, iconic golf courses you know, in the world, um, you know, U.S. Opens at Oakmont and and things of that nature. So, um, you know, that's a big change. A big change is 
um, certainly the money that's available in professional golf today for women. Um, mm-hmm. You know, some people would like to just whine about the fact that it's not equal to the men, but it grows every year. And, um, you know, they're, two, they're, the two, they're, the, they're the two best shows in the game. So, uh, you know, all I can say is the LPGA and the women's tour, um, you know, they just keep reaching and they keep growing. So, it, you know, it's a, uh, it's, a, it's a very attractive, fantastic place to be right now. And that is proven by the fact that um, young girls are the fasting grow it, grow us, growing segment of the golf population. And I give so much credit to the, the entire LPGA Tour, but to all the individual players who have really created a very attractive place to be, not just, um, not just on the surface and um, all those things, but the talent is extraordinary, absolutely extraordinary. Well, we'll see some of the talent on display this weekend with you at the ANA Inspiration Golf's first major championship of the 2019 calendar year. So you're heading to uh, Mission Hills Country Club there in Rancho Mirage. Can you give us a, an idea of who you are looking forward to seeing play this weekend? Um, I can. Um, I, I, it, it doesn't sound like it's very brilliant, but I think the last two winners on the LPGA Tour Jin Young Ko and then Nasa Hataoka this um, just yesterday. They're both playing so well, and they have they have really um, disciplined golf games. I would expect them to play well this week, although they're not players who have um, you know have a have a record there or anything like that. I very much look forward to seeing the Corda sisters play. Uh, they took this week off um, to prepare. Um, Nellie Corda sits at top of the money list, which I don't think anybody would have imagined back in um, January. Um, not that she wasn't capable of doing that, but um, this is a, a, a take-by-storm kind of start for her um, in 2019. And uh, it's so much fun to watch these sisters play. The other sisters, Jutana Garns, um, area hasn't done so much this year necessarily, um, at least not not what we normally expect of her, but um, I, I think, you know, any time she will put it together. And, um, you know, you have the stalwarts that you know are going to play well, players like NB Park. Um, mm-hmm. We don't know how Lexi Thompson will play, but you do know that if Lexi Thompson is on, she will be a big part of the conversation. There's just no doubt about it. Um, my information this week is that she's striking the ball really well, playing really well. Um, having that um, kind of ongoing struggle with the putter. It's it's on one day and off one day. So um, I think the way Lexi goes is how her putter goes. Um, Michelle Wee has entered. I don't know if she she has not played because um, her wrist surgery has not healed properly or isn't completely healed. Um, I don't know if she's actually going to start. There's questions about that, but she is in the field at the moment. So all those kinds of things are are playing into the game, and um, we got new moms who are playing well out. You know, for the first couple times now, yes. Stacy Lewis uh, is one, and she played well yesterday. Played well this week, so it's a it's a week where everybody looks forward to. It's a very special place for the LPGA Tour because, much like Augusta, it is the place where the championship has always been held, and um, 
for the viewers who watch Augusta, they know what the next hole holds. And for the viewers who watch ANA and Mission Hills, they know what the next hole holds. So um, it's um, special and special week for a lot of people. It is a special week, and we know a very busy week for you as well. Judy, you have said it is as important as anything that happens this tournament coming up. So we'll look forward to seeing all the competition and hearing your call as well. And we so appreciate you taking the time to join us, Judy. Always a pleasure to chat with you. Thank you. I really enjoyed talking with you. I hope everybody um, tunes in to everything this week and this weekend. And, um, uh, you know, the women in golf will try to put on the best show they can. And they absolutely will. We can guarantee that. Thanks, Judy. We appreciate it. Thank you, Catherine. Our thanks to Judy. And last but certainly not least, she is a retired pro golfer. She became a member of the LPGA Tour in 1977 and went on to win 48 LPGA Tour events, including three major championships. She, like Judy, is also a member of the Hall of Fame as we welcome Nancy Lopez. Nancy, thanks so much for taking the time to join us. We have a huge weekend coming up for women's golf. Of course, the inaugural Augusta National Women's Amateur is where you will be headed later this week. Discuss to me uh, your role as an ambassador and what your responsibilities are going to be this weekend. Well, um, with great honor, they invited me, Lorena Ochoa, Sari Pock, and Annika Sorenstam to hit the inaugural first shot. Uh, for the amateur championship and of course that's Saturday morning and I'm I'm looking forward to it very much. I bet you are. Are you going to be nervous at all for that? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that I'm, I'm going to be nervous I think because of the excitement of what's mm-hmm. happening there at Augusta you know the invitation for 30 lady amateurs to be able to play uh, on the on the course walk the course be a part of history. Um, I think I'm going to be more nervous about that. But, of course, I want to hit a great tee shot, uh, hopefully better than my other three partners. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. What does it mean to have this event? What does it mean for women's golf this weekend, having this event, the first ever female competition on this iconic golf course, the most famous in the world? <clears throat> well, you know, when uh, Fred Ridley announced it last year at the, at, uh, the Masters, uh, I was told to sit in front of a TV because there was going to be an announcement made. And um, when he said what was going to happen this year, I, I, my mouth dropped open and I was like, I want to be an amateur again. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, you know, for these amateur ladies, um, gosh, they I don't know if they truly understand what's happening. This is awesome. Um, it's opening the doors for women. And, of course, you know, Gus has always wanted to grow uh, amateur golf, and I think you know this is a great way to do it. That's what they're. I think their number one thing is to help amateur golf golf grow or golf grow, and mm-hmm. you do it with amateur players. And so, for them to have the uh, just the, the the best opportunity to be able to hit a shot at Augusta, I can't even imagine watching 30 women compete at Augusta National. It gives me chills just thinking about it. Well, you certainly have experience in this area, and you're going to know what those women and those girls are going through because, I mean, you won the New Mexico Women's Amateur mm-hmm. at the age of 12. 12 years old. I mean, that's incredible. So young. What do you remember about that experience and your nerves, your anticipation, your excitement, all of that going into that event? 
You know, I used to always get really nervous as I play on the LPG tour. I was still nervous. I think nerves are good. Um, I think a lot of times amateurs feel like nerves means that they're not going to play well. But to me, nerves are good. I, I felt like they always helped me play well. Um, every time I teed it up, I think there was an excitement of being able to compete and maybe win that trophy at the end of the tournament. And those kind of things really excited me back in the days of, of amateur golf. And, you know, back then we probably, you know, it was before Title IX. I was before a lot of things that happened. And, you know, before Title IX, we didn't have scholarships. And, you know, for us to come this this far forward and, and to be able to have these kind of opportunities, um, you know, it'd be great to be an amateur golfer now. Like I said, it would be great to be able to compete on, on grounds that are, you know, just an iconic place, Augusta National, mm-hmm. to be able to tee it up. And I know I've played there before. And to stand on the first tee, I got chills just thinking about who has walked on, on that grass in that area where I'm hitting the shot. Um, so much history there. And for these players to get that opportunity, they will be very nervous, I'm sure. But I think they need to look at it as a positive for sure and that what an opportunity that, you know, they came along at the right time and they're having the right opportunity to play in an event like this. Yeah, timing is everything, isn't it? <laughs> Nancy, um, yeah, you've played yeah. that course. What uh, what are the challenges that the women's game faces that are different than those that the men's game face at the, at the Masters? Um, I don't know if there's that much difference. I think that, you know, for the they've, – they've lengthened the golf course. I've not played it since they've lengthened it. Um, and – you know, I think that the amateur players are they're excellent golfers. I think they're going to have length, but I think mm-hmm. probably the toughest thing that I ever saw at Augusta were the greens. They're very, very tough. There's times when you might not want to go for a shot. Um, you know, lay up, give yourself an opportunity, at least have a chance to putt for birdie. You have to kind of be smart. Um, you want to be aggressive to a certain point, but you still have to be smart about it. Um, because Augusta gives you opportunity, but it takes it back also. Hmm. That's interesting. Uh, sir, I mean, I can't imagine the nerves when you were talking about that going back, but I, I've got to call you out a little bit here, Nancy, because we just had Judy Rankin on, and she told me that there were two players that she's talked to who have never experienced nerves. She mentioned you and Jack Nicholas. So I'm very curious because you're telling me you did have nerves, which I love to hear, and I can't imagine you wouldn't. But um, so, w- w- yeah, how do you explain what Judy said? I mean, is it more perspective? Well, Maybe you I, you, you I, embrace I, those nerves. <laughs> Help me out here. You know, I think I I thrived on on uh, being nervous, so I, it was a plus for me. Um, mm. I definitely felt nervous on um, the first tee always. Um, once I'm, my goal is to par the first hole and then the nerves went away for some reason, but right on the first tee, I always felt nerves. And I, when I stood over putt, I felt more excitement. Maybe, I don't know. I, I don't think I would call it nerves, but I was excited to have that opportunity to make a putt, to win a tournament or to, you know, shoot my best round or anything like that. I, I enjoyed that kind of nerves. Um, well, I, I tell, tell Judy, thank you for that. But I think I psyched <laughs> everybody out because I was nervous. <laughs> well, it's great though, Nancy, because I mean, so so many people have nerves, and it overcomes them, and it, it can make it more of a challenge to get through certain things. And you focus it on it being a positive, which is also a great thing. I mean, I, it depends on the personality, really, on how they handle the pressure and the nerves. And you think about the pressure of these young women coming up this weekend and the excitement level. I mean, it's it's absolutely massive. This is the first time ever that we are seeing women's competition at Augusta National. It's pretty remarkable. Yeah. 
Yeah, it is. And like I said, to be able to to watch them play at Augusta National is going to be like something I've never, well, it's something I've never seen before. And it's mm-hmm. just exciting to, to be able to see that. Um, you know, and, and the thing about the nerves, when I, when I was playing, I was always just concerned about the one shot I stood over. I really didn't go, uh, you know, forward too much. And I didn't think about what happened in the, in the, the holes that I had already played. And I just focused on that one shot and, because I worked on my game and practiced so hard, I really felt I knew what was going to happen. I didn't, you know, I wasn't out there guessing. I think when you really work hard and really prepare, a lot of those nerves go away too because you know what you're able to accomplish. Nancy, give us an idea on your life right now. I mean, how much golf are you playing? What does uh, what does the daily life look like for you? Um, yeah, I know you're you're calling us from your home in Florida. Um, yeah. Give us an idea, perspective of what what's new with you. Well, um, I will be married to uh, Ed Russell for two years. Our uh, anniversary is coming up, and that's Yay. a new thing for me. It was, uh, I have a great husband. He loves to play golf, um, and he helped me through my two knee replacements. The last two years, I've had, I had a new knee done in November. I'm sorry, yeah, November of 2017, and I had one uh, last year. And that was really preventing me from playing golf and enjoying it because I was hurting so much. But now I have... Two new knees, they're, they're very successful in that I can walk with no pain. Um, I'm playing more golf now. The only thing is I've got to get used to using my legs because for mm. almost 15 years of my life, I was in pain and couldn't use my legs the way I did um, as a professional when I played on the tour. So I'm learning to kind of you know swing and use my legs again. Um, I still have my golf club and clothing company, and then I have a new company called Nancy Lopez Golf Adventures. That uh, It's been about five years now that I started it. I have two uh, teaching professionals from the LPGA, Teresa Zamboni and Sue Powers, that work for me, and we teach and travel and plan trips with people, uh, women, uh, husband and wives, just the guys even come, and uh, we show them a good time. I teach now. I've learned to teach. I think a lot of people think when you're a professional, you know how to teach, but you have to learn how to teach. And we have great teaching professionals at the LPGA. And so I've learned to teach. I, I love what I'm doing. I stay really busy with uh, corporate outings and LPGA, and LPGA, and I try and promote the game of golf to bring people to golf, to enjoy it. Um, teach a lot of my dad's philosophies. Our mantra is play happy, which my dad always told me I played better when I played happy, so um, <laughs> he was right. Um, I love playing golf. I still love playing, um, and I and enjoy playing now because I'm not hurting anymore. Oh, we're so happy to hear that, and we love that you're still playing and enjoying, and you are quite the ambassador for the game, Nancy, and you sound very busy as well. I'm exhausted listening to it. <laughs> but I'm, I'm curious, <laughs> you know, you mentioned, you mentioned the knee surgery and coming back from that and really having to relearn the way you were playing the game because for 15 years you didn't have the use that you were used to with your, with your legs. Do you have a coach, or do you use anybody to help you with that or is it all based on your own experiences and your own um, analysis of the game Real, really my own analysis of the game you know my dad was mm-hmm. my only teacher and um I, mean, I took tips a long way from professionals but he was my teacher from the day i started swinging a golf club and I, what i've been doing i've been watching a lot of videos and when i watch the pga and lpga players I'm watching what they're doing with their left knee because my right knee, it was a lot easier with my right knee because I could really push off 
and that and that happened after about four or five months after knee surgery. I learned how to push off again. Now my left knee, it was a little. It, it's still a little tough to go to my left side because I'm nervous about it. But I know that my knee is ready to go. It's just now, how do I get there? So I'm watching, like I said, my touring uh, professional friends, watching them and how they use that left knee. And I'm, sometimes I look at it and go, wow, that's pretty violent. I don't know if I want to do that yet. <laughs> um, but, but we really do use our left knee or left leg to really you know, go through the shot with power and strength because that's where I used to get my power from was, was my leg. So I'm learning by watching again, watching uh, the leg um, motion of the players and what I'm going to need to do to really swing. I think I'll pick up at least 10 to 15 yards if I can get back there. Wow. I, that is awesome. Uh, before I let you go, I've got to ask, is your husband a good golfer? <laughs> he's a, he's about a nine handicap. And oh, that's pretty darn he does good. He lessons from me. He's good. He listens well. He's a good student. Um, and, uh, I mean, he's a good little player, and I enjoy playing with him. And when I started dating him, I dated him for seven years and played golf with him. Um, he uh, he loves the game, and I love the game. So it's it's definitely something that we both love to do together. So it's it's a lot of fun. That is awesome. So he checked all the boxes, and I'm so happy for you guys. Uh, you're happy, and we are, we're looking forward to seeing you this weekend. Enjoy that first tee shot and enjoy everything that this inaugural Augusta National Women's Amateur has to offer, Nancy. It's been so fun chatting with you. Well, thanks so much. I look forward to being there, and uh, thank you all for covering it. And, uh, you know, we want everybody to enjoy golf, and this is the way um, I think that Augusta has made it so wonderful for these lady amateurs. I'd love to thank Judy Page and Nancy for joining us here today on the On Her Turf podcast. This was a special podcast for me because I grew up as a recreational golfer, one of the many sports that I enjoyed playing. I enjoyed playing with my mom and my dad and my sister, and I grew up watching Judy and Nancy and watching them on television. So this event this weekend, the inaugural Augusta National Women's Amateur, is going to be so special for so many of us who've been huge fans of the game of women's golf. And the fact that this is happening on a course that has been legendary for so long for men to play. This is an absolutely huge event. We're all looking forward to it this weekend. I loved Judy's quote. I think this goes for not just golf, but life in general. Smile and breathe. If we could all do a little bit more of that, the world would be a better place and we would all be better off in our own personal lives as well. You could tune in to live coverage of the final round of this Augusta National Women's Amateur. It airs on NBC on Saturday, April 6th from noon to 3 p.m. Also all weekend long on Golf Channel, 40 hours of live coverage of the ANA Inspiration and Drive, Chip, and Putt National Finals. We thank you so much for listening to the On Her Turf podcast. You can find it on the NBC Sports Scores app or you can download it wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Thanks, everyone.